least the basic premise is it's it's not a, it does it's not as it seems to be <laughs> that you and I it's not even a you and I but this apparatus has a lot to do with how things are appearing that our perceptions aren't facts and our feelings aren't facts and the thoughts aren't ours and what's being portrayed as a real solid world is really based on how real and solid you are and this world breaks into like a two, like a dualistic uh, interpretation. You can either be traveling very heavy here or very light. Or in a sense you could say you are either dying as the self or to the self. So as the self would be, you're listening to all the thoughts in your head as if they're real. You're taking the world to be real and solid and having the ability to affect you as what you are as real and solid. As Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're really not of it. But we're not, we don't have that sense of the ofness of this place. We just get involved in the inness of it. So dying as the self would be just that. You're taking, the mind has presented you as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And that identification, I have to call that the word self, but it's actually a verb, selfing. Because there's never, no matter how much you're identified as a self, a self never appears. It never becomes real. It's a verb. It's a mental verb. The mind is selfing. The mind has a feeling. You sense it in the body, obviously, that when there's thoughts, that you're the thinker of them. Yeah? You have a feeling that these are my thoughts, or they're about me. And every time there's a thought about you, that thought, if it's an image, is projected as a body. So there's a deep identification as being a body here. That's what the mind has taken itself to be, is a body. And that's what it gives it gives the name of you as a self. And so when life is seen from that position of self-centeredness, it is defined by the system itself. In other words, self cannot get out of self. And self-centeredness is a system of thought and interpretation. And the idea, the mental process that's producing the system produces the sense of being a self. It's a thought, but it's wrapped with a feeling. So when, and the sense of being a self is really an activity that I would say is called claiming. Yeah? So when there's thoughts witnessed or seen, because you're conscious, so you see thoughts as if, you know, if a bird flew by and your eyes were open looking that way, you'd see the bird. You see thoughts like that. That bird is in your bird. You didn't, you know, I birded that bird. Yeah? The bird flew by, but you take the thoughts to be yours. You're not experiencing a thought like you would a bird fly by a window. You think it's yours. You think you did, you're the thinker of it. But the bird, you don't think you're the birder of it. Maybe you have a bird and it looks like the bird you have. Then your interest and attention would be engaged in that bird because you may think, oh, that's my bird. And then look around at, around the house. Where's my bird? That was my bird. Or it looks just like my bird. And then your mind would go off, interested in that, that contact with that bird, not because of the bird so much, but because of the mind. Yeah? The sense that it was my bird or it looks like my bird. Then your interest and attention would just go off. And you, instead of, you wouldn't stop seeing it mentally after it passed the window. You'd be seeing it mentally for a while. Because there would be thoughts about it. Yes? 
that's my bird, and maybe the feeling of loss, because, oh, how did my bird get out? And all of these reactions and a whole slew of experiences could, would occur that was triggered by the seeing of the bird. Yeah? But it wasn't, the seeing of the bird isn't the cause or what starts that whole self thing going on. It's the sense that the bird's my bird. So the same thing, when a thought is seen, and it's just seen, it doesn't have the wallop that it has when you think it's your thought. When you believe it's your thought, you follow that thought, and you follow it with more thought, yeah? So the, a whole flock of thoughts start arising, when it was just one thought came by, but as soon as you name that first thought, my thought, a whole flock of thoughts come, and then more flocks of thoughts. And then feelings are generated by you entertaining those thoughts. The thought that maybe I'm not going to be doing too well next week. If you're feeling, if you're entertaining that, yes, that will produce a physical effect. You will feel a contraction. You'll feel uneasy when in the moment what you're involved in has no, there's no conscious contact that's soliciting that feeling. It's all a mental product. Yeah? So you're reacting now to something that's not actually happening. It's happening in a very small frame here, but it, it, it overrides all else that's happening. You get absorbed in that. And I don't believe it's because it's that interesting. It's because there's a sense of it's about you. And that's very interesting to your head. Anything concerning you, it's very engaged with. It's not the thought that traps you or bonds you. It's the mind of the thought. When I see a thought, and most thoughts are being held as my thoughts. You're not even in the activity of saying it every time a thought is noted. Oh, that's my thought, that's my thought, that's my thought, that's my thought. It's just a feeling. There's an assumption that's in place that they're yours. And or they're about you, in most cases, either directly or indirectly. A you called an other, or somehow, it's still about a you. So, this system, this mental process, maybe the first recognition of onness in the body, the sentience of the brain and the body and the consciousness that was enlivening it, there was a question that arose in the body and the brain, and it was, who am I? And then the mental process answered it. It says, I'm this. And it took itself to be this, this body. And that is the center of the whole system of thought that reinforces the, the identification of the body called self-centeredness. And most of us have been living under that system for many, 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 many years. We weren't living under it when we were born, but we grew into it, and now we can't seem to escape it because every escape from it, you're doing as it. That's why there's no escape. Yeah? If the root of the dilemma is you're identified as self, then any escape from self-centeredness, it will be done according to you as a self. Really. So self can't get out of self. That's why an escape is just as big a trap as what we call a trap here. That's why when it looks like you're getting out of self, that's an incredible sense of being in self. That's why if you take sign up for a two-year course of, all right, I'm going to study self and two years of practicing about the obsession with self, that would be a form of obsession with self. Yeah? Because every time you would be studying the solution to the problem, you'd be studying it as the activity of the problem. 
there would be an identification as a long-lasting independent separate entity attempting to get out of the effects of being identified as a long-lasting independent separate entity as a long-lasting independent separate entity. Doesn't it seem pointless? I would think so. So, there's the effects that are bothering us. The effects are that I'm a long-lasting independent separate entity. I want to get out of that. How am I going to try to get out of it as a long-lasting independent separate entity? And obviously, you can see it's pointless. That anyway, if the activity of trying to get out of that is done accordingly or identified as a self, that's being in it. And then here, in the bondage to self-centeredness, there is a dualistic expression. So, some bondage is iron chains and some are gold chains. But the identification as a self is in place. It'll just go into degrees of comfort and discomfort of the bondage. But the bondage never changes. Because the bondage is the mind, unfettered mind, has become identified as a form. Or if you want to say spirit has taken itself, its nature to be form-like. And so, a spirituality as a form would be totally different than a spirituality as spirit. Totally different. In the form, the spirit could be worried about what's going to happen to it. In form, in time and space, no matter how peaceful the spirit is, it could entertain maybe it won't be later. Where in spirit, there is no time. If you've ever had any moments, there's thousands of them all day, the time is just a construct. What's different from the awareness of yesterday than today? Absolutely nothing. The basic raw activity of what's going on here is consciousness and contact. That doesn't change a damn thing. The interpretation of the mind changes all the time. But all those changes are determined and defined by the system itself. So they're not really truly changes. They're just reverting from one past tape to another past tape. And then speculating about a future based on those past tapes. What occurs is you just don't feel satisfied, do you? Even when you have a sense of peace, the mind has such a belief in time that something could happen to the peace. So is that a strong sense of peace, really? Or is it a conditional sense of peace? Really brought to you by the head. That's not peace to me. Peace is freedom from the head. Not to be defined by the head. Doesn't mean the definitions of the head do not appear in the mind, but then what you are, let's say the consciousness of the spirit, isn't defined by them anymore. It doesn't mean you just walk around, blah, blah, blah. No, the mind is still looking at things as if it's you that's looking at that. But there's a sense of great relief because your interest and attention has been withdrawn from that. Yes? Withdrawn from that, and then the interest and attention is going where it's going. But when interest and attention is withdrawn from that, wherever it goes is in the belly of interest and attention. Yeah? So it never leaves its source. But when you believe you're the one who's interested or attentive, then you can lose your interest and attention. You can give it over to someone or something, and it can be called obsession, where all your interest and attention goes over that drug or that person. And truly, the original addiction is the self. It's the first mind addiction. Everything else is trying to get relief from the original addiction. And obviously, we see what happens, some of us. When you try to get relief from the original addiction, that produces a whole new set of problems, which causes you to want to get loaded more and more, yes, as the self. Because the self is the one that's the problem. Yes? 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 Yes?
because when you're identified as self, when that activity is paramount in you, you have no clue that you're identified as self. There's no clue to it. So the mental process produces a product called self, and the self... <laughs> how could a self ever leave the mental process that it's a product of? It's not a product, it's not a self-existing product. It only exists in the mind. Yeah? It can't transcend the mind and exist as a self. It only appears to exist in the mind. So there's no transcending. That's why self can't get out of self. Because there's no self to get out of. That's why. <laughs> what we call getting out of self is just forgetting the mental process sufficiently enough that we can feel freedom from forgetting that mental process sufficiently enough. That's called getting out of self here. So in recovery we do service and do, do getting engaged in the service, let's say, AA or recovery has saved your ass seemingly here, and so a sense of honor comes over you about it and gratitude, and then when you're called upon to help someone else in the same dilemma you were, there's a sense of attention to that, and you get withdrawn out of the, the ass of self, and you're available to someone else. And then you feel like we call the feeling of being bigger or lighter, being out of self. It's an experience. But that experience is still within the confines of self, because they always tend to go back into self. Yeah, doesn't it? So you get a big moment where you're out of self, and then that becomes a peak moment, let's say, in your life. The head claims it, goes, I really felt great when I was out of that. But that's what you were out of. The thing that's saying, I really felt great when I was out of that, that's what you were out of at that time. <laughs> that's why you felt great. <laughs> But it claims it, it owns it now, epiphany, spiritual experience, it doesn't matter. You can see Jesus walk in here, and about four hours from now, you're probably worried about the hem of your pants. You know, it wouldn't have a big impact. So probably not. <laughs> really wouldn't. You'd override it, because you're the main authority. All your pseudo-authorities don't hold a candle to this authority of reliance on self. <laughs> really, put it to the test, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. If some great master came here that we all loved and adored and whatever, and he said, all right, there's nothing you ever needed to do, nothing you need to do now, and nothing you'll never need to do. Just start relaxing, my friends. Don't even start relaxing. There's just a state of relaxing. You may feel really great about that for an hour or two. And you would feel really maybe pretty cool, but I bet you four hours from now you'd be reading books again, meditating, and still trying to get out of self. So what is the real authority? That's the whole point. Is when the reliance on self is entertained not to be so, and the way I entertain it is not by struggling with relying on self, but struggling just looking at am I a self? If am I what the mind is presenting as, my, as me to be? Am I that? If I'm not that, what I've noticed over time is I lose interest in it. I lose interest in the selfing, and without your interest and attention, the selfing cannot bond you. It's not the selfing that bonds you. It's, the, it's your interest and attention given over to it because you believe it's about you that bonds you. So you actually produce your own seeming chains. And it's a mobile prison. It's not like setting up like San Quentin. It's wherever you are, that's the prison of self. It can be outdoors, indoors, in a beautiful palace, in a hobble on Sixth and Market. It doesn't care. 
because the prison is mobile and it's not made of walls. It's an activity. It's a verb of mind. It's a bonding agent where what you are as light is forgotten and now you take yourself as a body who maybe really wants to have an experience of light but as a body. That's the sort of the dilemma. When people get introduced to an, a message, it's not the message that's the problem, it's who's hearing the message. You've got to be ear doctors now, because here you are, you're a lion, 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 I'm a lion. And everyone, yes, 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 yes. So here's the message. You're a lion, 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 you're a lion. And it hits the ear and now it says, I can become like a lion. That's exactly how it gets translated in self-centeredness. You are already that, I can become like that. That's why the, you are already that means in the self-centered system, I can become like that. That's what it means, literally. So you hear, you are already that, I can become like that. That's not the message. Yeah? To become like that isn't being already that. It's being something already else. That maybe, just maybe, if it works really hard and does a lot of things and doesn't do a lot of bad things, can become like that. But there's never a point where it is that. Yeah? It's always relying on, I am this, and the best I can do is have experiences of that, with the hope that all those experiences will give me as, an, as this an advantage. From what? From this. <laughs> so I want to get an advantage from this as this. It's, There's no escape either. No, there's no way. There's no escape from an imaginary problem. None. There is no escape from an imaginary problem. There's no escape. <coughs> Only what we would call escape would be recognizing it's imaginary. If you recognize it's imaginary, that would be what we call feeling it like I escaped from that. But it's that doesn't that statement doesn't capture it because it's an imaginary problem. It's just like when you're in your head and People, most of the time, when they're flipping out, they're not flipping out about something that's actually happening now. They're flipping out about something they thought may happen later or did happen in the past. So they're in a mental realm, and they're having a physiological experience of what their mind says that mental realm could mean if it was real now. So they're flipping out, and they come to you, and they talk to you, and... Maybe it's like the first hour of your therapy session with them, and they're paying you $170, and they want to talk about what's not happening. And if you were really honest with the situation, you would just look at them and say, you know what, the solution is, is realize it's not happening. Because what else do you need to do after you realize it's not happening? As soon as you realize it's not happening, it's not happening, because it never was happening. It was this being produced in your head. You're attempting to make something real that's not. And how, it's, how it does it in an incredible way, it produces effects in the body, and they seem to you to be real effects, but they're coming from a causeless cause. What the effects are being issued from is not happening. <laughs> Literally. You're worried about two weeks from now. Two weeks from now is not happening Monday night here. It's not. You can't taste it, you can't touch it, you can't smell it, you can't see it, you can't hear it. All you can do is be engaged with thoughts that will produce an effect now in the body, a feeling, 
a discomfort, a nervousness based on what's not happening. So it's sort of like, it's like an imaginary field where the mind is harvesting crops. And the crops are being distributed now in, through the body. So you're buying like a tomato from nowhere. Yeah? So then you go, this is a rotten tomato. I want to return it. Where the hell are you going to return it to? <laughs> Who are you going to blame? <laughs> because really, it's not, it's from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the quickest solution? It's not happening. So when you see, if you're thinking about next week, right now, you believe you're thinking about it. There's just thoughts about next week. You See, that's the whole dilemma. The idea of you thinking about next week's opens you up to the effect of the thoughts about next week. Yeah? You can see it. If you talk to someone you don't, who you know who comes over and they talk about their fears of next week, does it have much effect on you? Their fears about next week? You, you have an immunity to it, don't you? You're sitting there and you're like, Solomon, yes, you should do this. Uh, it'll help somebody. You know, it's, it's not happening. But you'll have the, having the effects of two weeks from now in your head being produced. Yeah? Is the two-week event more... more um, Convincing than the one-week event? Obviously not. What's so convincing isn't the thoughts. It's you. It's the attention and interest that your mind has given them. It's the attention and interest. It's like you're the spider who gets caught in its own web. You're spinning the web, and then you feel like you're taking the role of being the fly that got stuck in the thing and cursing the spider, and I hate spiders. But you're the spider portraying the fly caught in its own web. Its web is your interest and attention. Your interest and attention is going up into that porno theater, producing incredible pornographic movies about what's going to happen to you or not later on. And it produces a physical discomfort, doesn't it? The mind races more. You'll tend to eat agen and Maybe you didn't even want ice cream. You may go home and rush home and look at porno to get some fucking relief from what's not happening you know, go buy something, I don't know. There's thousands of moves it does to get a little relief from its own product line, <laughs> you know. But there's no stopping. It's not a pure reaction to the product line. The relief is also the product line. Yeah? The phony solution problem is, pre is presented with a, a phony solution, which begets another problem and another solution. It's just a form of slavery. So let's say here, there's a reaction to what's not happening and it's causing you to feel uncomfortable. Then you take a pill now. Yeah. So you're reacting to something that's not happening at all. You're just worried about next week. And to get relief from that, you take a pill now. Let's say Oxycontin or something. Yeah. Or Valium or Percodan, whatever they're doing mostly now. And so now you get relief from what's not happening. It's incredible, really, isn't it? You get relief from what's not happening and now a new addiction occurs that's going to be happening based on you just wanting to get relief from what's not happening. <laughs> you don't see that as insanity? So now I have an addiction that's totally based on my reaction to what's not happening. <laughs> I got like a $300 habit, weekly habit. Where did it stem from? Well, I was worried about what wasn't happening. <laughs> now something really is happening. I've been arrested and I'm in a fucking detox. And 
someone's telling me when I can go to the bathroom and not. All right, get on the bus, we're going to wherever, you know. <laughs> How the hell did this happen? <laughs> I just wanted to get relief from what? What's not happening? Well, how about recognizing it's not happening? So the greatest way to recognize all those things aren't happening is that you ain't happening. That's the truest, quickest way. Because all the what's not happening are happening to one what's not happening, which is called you. <laughs> all the millions of what's not happenings that the mind get into, they're really only being entertained or addressed to one what's not happening, which is quote-unquote you. Yeah? Why would you want to see, I want to get over this addiction to what's not happening. Why not just get over the addiction to you? You and what's not happening are very <laughs> symbiotic, yes? The you and what's not happening are totally in it, together. <laughs> so, how, could, how could what you're not seem to be what you are unless you live in what's not happening, where you can seem to be what you aren't? <laughs> if you're in this moment, which we all are, there's no need to get in it. The whole point is you think you're out of it. That's the problem. There's no need to get in the moment. You're as much in the moment as you ever will ever be and any. There's no, there's no freaking escape here. <laughs> See, we think we're out of something and then, all right, I'm going to read a book, how to get into the moment. <laughs> the whole lie is that you're out of the moment. You can't be out of the moment. It's, it's, it's the way it is. I hate to break the news to you. <laughs> this is it, baby. <laughs> you can think a lot. <laughs> you are not thinking, but your interest in attention attention you get absorbed in what's not happening and it will cause you to feel like you're not here. But that's just an experience in the dream. That experience that I'm not here is happening here. And also the experience that I'm really here is also happening here. So they're both experiences. Yeah? But the fact is, what's here is not even an experience. It's a constant state. You can't really experience here because it's it's nothing to experience. It never came, never went. It's not an object that you as a subject can have an experience of. It's what we are. It's the space. I would say it's mind. Mind. Nothingness. Before name and form. Before all the appearances that have appeared in mind were given name and form. And that our interest and attention got identified with one name and form, and we gave life to all the other names and forms. So we've peopled, we've populated our world of name and form totally based on that I'm a name and form. But that's all just an appearance in mind. Just like when we go to sleep at night, we're dreaming, yeah? You have dreams at night? Sometimes you remember them. That dream is as real as real could be to you until you wake up. This one, we're just not waking up. So we give it the same meaning. We give the meaning to a dream at night. But see, that meaning gets disrupted because we wake up into this dream. But we don't wake up from this dream. So with the same reality, when you were in the dream last night, if you were surfing or whatever, you were having an experience of, as mine doing that. Yeah? And it was as real as real could be. It's only when you wake up into this dream that you think, oh, that was a dream. We don't have the luxury to have that same escape from this dream. Because this dream keeps going, seemingly, until we physically die. Yeah? So, but it's the same sense, the dreaming at night is it's very, it's exactly like it's happening now. This just has more duration in it, really. And like we talked about yesterday, every night we dream, 
sooner or later, if you at least go to sleep, some people who stay up all night shooting dope and stuff, they don't. But most of us, when we go to sleep, we go into a state of deep sleep sooner or later. That deep sleep, sleep is always available. No matter how bad you were that day, no matter how good you were that day, you always seemingly return from what you've never left, basically. That deep sleep where there's no awareness of being at someone. There's just awareness, yeah? Because you show up again the next day. Life continues, but there's totally an absence of what you call you in those hour or two hours, yeah? So every night in this place, we get this incredible vacation to go, quote-unquote, back to our source, and there's no gate. No one's saying, you can't come in, you weren't good today. No, 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 no. It's totally, totally open. And to me, that's the reality, that's the most real realness of this place. It's the deep dream state, the deep sleep state. Everyone goes there. Then the mind gets nourished and starts dreaming again. <laughs> so this to me is just a simple way of clearing some confusion up. And then see what happens when this confusion gets questioned. Maybe blue will appear to be blue to you. Red will appear to be red to you. You'll get so many bits of information that will that is a convincing, but not a mental convincing. It's like a knowing prior to understanding. It's not trying to figure out what I'm not. It's just a recognition, like an unspoken yes or an aha, that somehow through grace or whatever, your interest and attention gets sort of engaged with. So that aha, instead of immediately being claimed by, oh, I really had this great moment at the meeting, you just go to the aha, yes? Unadorned as the self, just your interest and attention, and then see what that does. And that aha, for me, it's like a whole... It's like a whole other way of knowing it's not a knowing like we've learned here. Yeah? It's not a knowing by thinking about something or conceptual or by opening it up and analyzing it. It's a knowing prior to that kind of knowing. Yeah? It's maybe sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's represented by intuitive hits when you get a hit or a sense of something way before you just get a strong sense of things. That thing is our head now is coming out of that self-centered system is opening up to other possibilities, yeah? And some of the possibilities, like, the first one that I noticed was when I was given this information, this message, when I entertain, I may not be that, yeah? That thing I was calling me all the time in my life, I may not be that. The first, in a nanosecond, my mind could entertain, I could be free of it. All it needed was the recognition I'm not that, and it immediately entertained the possibility, hey, I can be free from what I'm not. I can't be free as what, I'm, what I am. I can't be free as that, yes? Because I am that. But I can be free from what I'm not. So it was a beautiful, it changed my whole life because the direction that I was looking for relief was coming from self. Yeah? So... The storyline was I'm trying to get relief from self, but it was really getting relief for self. It wasn't getting relief from self at all. It was just basically the self was just morphing into another type of identification. First it was the addict self, now it was becoming the spiritual self. They're both bonding mechanisms, yeah? 
But when someone told me, hey, turn your attention around, you know, look and see who that is. And when I started to entertain what I read and heard, something occurred. Some ahas started to occur, and they built, and they created a momentum where that bonding, that verbing of selfing was, was getting startled into submission quite a lot. And when you have those pauses where there's... A pause is like a timeless moment in a place called with time, yeah? But those pauses... I saw the infinity of them, yeah? And then that's that. I mean, I had this, you always tell this story about when I was young, I thought uh, Jeff should leave, but now I've heard this many times. But I loved it. It gets the whole point of this. About, I was... 12 years old, I lived in Long Island, I went to this mall, Roosevelt Field, and I, you know, I was starting to be attracted to girls, and I had my hair getting long, and I had this really nice long sleeve t-shirt, gray one, and a pair of uh, red corduroys, yeah? and I, looked, I thought it looked pretty cool, and I'd go to the mall, and a lot of people would be looking at me, so I'm thinking, hey, it's working, to get an approval, struck my stuff, and this went on for about three months, and then one of my friends had some compassion on me, and said, hey, Paul, I said, yeah. He says, you know that shirt you really like to wear in his pants? Yeah. He says, you know that gray shirt? Yeah, it's pink. And he says, you know those red corduroys? I said, yeah, yeah, my favorite pair of pants. They're magenta. And as soon as he told me, and I had looked at myself hundreds of times in the mirror, and to me, they looked like it was a gray shirt every time I looked. And they looked to me as if they were red corduroys. But as soon as this person corrected my perception and said, hey, bro, they're pink and magenta, as soon as I looked at them after he said that, I saw it as pink, yes, and magenta. And they never turned back into gray and red, yeah? I didn't put them back in the back of the closet and every once in a while go back there and see if they were gray again. It was just a very immediate, hey, <laughs> okay, they were pink and magenta, bye, yeah? It's sort of like that. Our perceptions are reaffirming and are very convincing that this place is real, that we're real, that this is this and that is that. But all you need is one hit. And in that one hit, all of this selfing, all of the selfing in the constraints of time and all the thinking about how real this place is, the unreality of this place can be revealed in a split nanosecond. Like that. And hopefully you'll never come back to think it's pink and, I mean, gray and red again. If you do, just keep coming back and hearing the message, and then one time you put that shirt in the closet and you'll never look back. That's all it takes, really. All it is, all it is, is a shift of emphasis. All this is the calibration of the camera just moves. Instead of being tunnel visioned on you as a body, it opens up its lens and entertains. Maybe this is my nature, space-like, yeah? Maybe I'm more like the sky than the planes, than the cloud faces and all that. Maybe I'm the sky, who knows? But the mind right now is just addicted to the idea of being a self, and it's in a tunnel vision view, and the perceptions are faulty. They're truly, really... Uh, you're just perceiving your own mind's projections. The mind is projecting this dream, and then 
you as the dreamt object perceive them as if they're real and solid. And you give them meaning and name and form. And what you give meaning and name and form to, they can hurt you as a dreamt object. Or threaten you. So fear and all that stuff becomes a common atmosphere here. That you'll lose what you have and not get what you want and all these things. And they, they're as real as real can be and you cannot logically get out of it as self. Because the perceptions will keep reinforcing what you're trying to convince yourself isn't true. You need then to, I don't know what you need to do, but that didn't work for me, that approach. Self cannot get out of self. It's just recognizing maybe I'm not that center of the system. And when I saw that, then the system's effects diminished greatly. Because really the system isn't that good. It's not a great like Spielberg uh, production. It's you are the Spielberg that's watching it. You're giving it the meaning of a really good movie because you think it's about you, seriously. You see, you can test it when you hear talk to someone else that you're not that interested in what they're saying. To them, that's a technical production going on in the head. You're like, it's like a grainy black and white fox. What are you worried about? It's not happening. But in that person's head, it's unbelievable. And the same thing with you. And it's not the production value. It's what's, it's the audience. It's the, what, it's the mind that's entertaining. If mind is mind, the only way this can seem real is because what's entertaining it. Not because this is real. How can an illusion seem real? It only can seem real to something. Yeah? So mind is giving it this incredibly, incredibly juicy meaning, meaning to it, and it seems real to you when the mind is identified as self. You want to get relief from all that, but as a self, there'll never be the end of that. You'll always have the net one relief, you'll, another thing will occur. It's like a causeless cause can produce thousands and millions of effects here in a dream. Yeah? To realize it's a causeless cause, that's the, that's the immunity to the effects when you start traveling life. Is in the Any questions? Then?